Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. Real high and real loud, repeat after me. Today, Today, the Holy Spirit Spirit is going to speak to me about celebrating. celebrating. After today, today, I will know know and fully understand understand that there are some things that God God has done for me me that I need to celebrate. celebrate. And there are some things things that God has done for you. Now look down your row, look down your row, both ways, just look at the people. You ain't got to say nothing to them, but just look at them. There's some things he's done for you that you need to celebrate. So after today, I put my party hat on, I turn up, and I celebrate starting right now. Let's go. Let's go. I want to read you some uh, scripture in the book of Exodus, chapter number 12. And uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible, and here is what it says. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each family should choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat the whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. That same night, they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad greens and bread made without yeast. Do not eat any of the meat raw or boiled in water. The whole animal, including the head, legs, and internal organs, must be roasted over a fire. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever is not eaten before morning. These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals, and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must, you must, you must it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. 
Let's talk about some celebration. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word before we get into it, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to celebrate. Amen. Exodus chapter number 12 stands as uh, a pivot in Israel's history by which they have been marked from that day to this. They go down into uh, Egypt, barely 100 people to join Joseph, their family member who has found favor with Pharaoh. Only to find that as uh, a new Pharaoh comes into power, Exodus chapter number one reminds us that there arose a Pharaoh that knew not the God of Joseph and things changed quickly. Have you ever been in a season of your life where you celebrated what God had done, but then the season changed and you're like, <laughs> anybody ever gotten a job that you cried about? You're like, I can't believe I stepped out in faith and I got the job and it's so amazing. And, and then they change managers on you. <laughs> and, and so when they switched the managers, you was at prayer on Thursday night trying to bind up and loose the manager and they attitude and they spirit, praying they got fired, <laughs> trying to catch them doing something out of the ordinary so they could get kicked out of the job. There arose a manager that knew not the God <laughs> that you served. Things can change fast, life, life can come at you fast. But there was this, this, this promise that was given that they would be delivered and after spending uh, what seemed like close to 500 years under, of, under an oppressive uh, uh, group of people, an oppressive government, oppressive leadership. God said he was going to deliver them. Now, Pharaoh was obstinate, much more obstinate than I, uh, because it takes him to the 10th plague to literally let the children of Israel go. I would like to believe that um, I don't like plagues as much as Pharaoh did. Uh, the first plague is turning water into blood. If I went to my faucet to get some cool, refreshing water and blood came out, God has my attention. And whatever he wants to do, we good. Not Pharaoh. If blood coming out of your spout wasn't going to do it, flies, like, like when one fly gets in my house, it changes the whole atmosphere of my house. Now, now I have the bug assault, which I endorse for free. I think everybody should have. It will shotgun pump salt and rip off a bug's wings, and then you can stand over it and declare, <laughs> never again shall you come into my house and bother my family. That's one fly. Pharaoh had thousands. So it takes to the 10th plague, and the 10th plague, horrifically, is, is the... Is, is the death of every firstborn child in Egypt. An experience that none of the Israelites would share because God gave them some instructions. I want you to take a lamb because what I'm about to do is about to change the history and the course of your life. 
As a matter of fact, what I'm about to do is so significant, it's a new year for you. I'm about to do something so extravagant in your life that it's going to change the entire calendar by which you've been operating on. Your, 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 your deliverance day is, is a new year for you. Your salvation experience is your real birthday. I, I was born on June 26, 1975, but I was born again January 14th, 1996. The real celebration is the born again day. He says, this is a new year for you. So I want you to take a lamb and bring it into your house and uh, keep it uh, uh, until the 10th day. And then uh, uh, don't get too attached, though, because on the 14th day, I need you to slaughter that lamb, take its blood and put it on the doorpost. This is going to be a sign when the death angel, the death angel comes by to pass over you. That communion that we just took place in was the Passover meal. I want you to think for a moment that Jesus Christ, the lamb that would be slain, observed the Passover by which he was going to be the Passover for. That that year that he participated in the Passover would be the last Passover that ever needed to take place because once he shed his blood, there wasn't going to be a need for anybody else's. Amen for that. Amen. He says, I want you to take this lamb and, and you need to consume the entire lamb. Whether it is by digestion or by flame, the entire lamb must be consumed. Let me, let me just stop right there. Uh, th there is something to this that I want us all to really be able to take in. And it's the fact that the instruction is that you have to eat the whole lamb. The organs that you were forbidden to eat needed to be burned up and consumed. But by morning, no evidence of that lamb should be in existence anymore because you should have metabolized it all or burned it all up. Can I just stop right there and say that we need to do the same? That, that we need to take on all of Jesus, that we need to consume all of Jesus, that we need to go through his entire word and be careful to do everything he's telling us to do the way he wants us to do it, how he wants us to do it, that we are supposed to metabolize the very essence of who he is until our entire lifestyle doesn't look like ours, but it looks like his. Eat the whole lamb, not just the parts you like. Well, I just like lamb chops in pretty particular. I'll take rack of lamb, but I, uh, not the eyeballs. He's teaching us that the whole thing needs to be inside of us. Of us. Even the parts uh, that are hard to digest. Anybody found that there's some things in scripture that is hard to digest? Some stuff you still struggling with, you found some stuff in the world, you're like, oh, I don't know if I, mm, mm. I'm going to have to chew that up a little bit more. I'm not even sure I want to do that. But he invites us to do the hard thing and get it all on the inside of us. He said, listen, this is, this is going to be uh, something that changes the trajectory of your life. And as a result of that, every single year from generation to generation, 
you're going to celebrate and have a festival. Can I just pause and say, God knows how to have a party. The invitation into the wilderness was not to destroy the Israelites. It was to have a party with the Israelites. It was to have a celebration and a family reunion amongst the people that he chose as his own. He said, you're going to celebrate this. And I love the language he uses. Uh, you must celebrate it. Not if you feel like it. You must. Now, not if you want to or not. You must. Now, now, I will be honest to say that, that, that I've, I've struggled with celebrations in my life because of the trauma that I experienced as a child. Uh, 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 the way my brain uh, was rewired because of that trauma was, you know what? Um, uh, this is great, but uh, let's go to the next thing. Okay, that, that was nice. What's next? I could never just live in the moment because I was always wanting to get to whatever was next. I never wanted to put my mind so much on this moment that I, that I forget that there's something else coming. So God gave me a wife uh, that, that is uh, complete opposite of me. And our birthdays are two days apart. My birthday's June 26th, hers is June 24th. Uh, God did that for me because he knows the way I'm wired. And so uh, be because my wife loves to party, my wife's party button is on for eternity. It's never off, it's just muted, but it's never turned off. The girl will have a party right now. June 24th, there is a party. There are people. There is food. There is livelihood. There, there, there is celebration. There is music. And, and, and the turn up is real. I join in. Yay, you. I'm so happy your birthday is the 24th. I'm so happy y'all are partying so hard. Because by June 26th, everyone's so tired from partying with Juliet. And the only thing they do for me is every birthday. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. This wasn't optional, though, for the children of Israel. It was mandatory. So mandatory, in fact, he said, this is a law for all time. Every year, you're going to have a party. And I began to think about that as it relates to our gatherings on the weekend. God told them that every year, you're going to have to celebrate and have a festival for this. I began to think about the fact that we gather every single week. And since we gather every single week, I believe that there should be a celebration every single week. That when we come into the presence of God, we have the opportunity to celebrate everything God has done for us, through us, to us. So there's three points that I have to this message that I want you to write down. And I want to explain to you why Embassy City Church celebrates the way that we do. I want to break down for you the reason why celebration is important in this context. You guys ready? Y'all ready? Like you really, really ready? Like you came for this so you're ready? Good. Point number one. Please write this down. God set us free. That's enough to celebrate right there. I could go home off that one. 
Why do we celebrate here at Embassy City Church? Because God set us free. Here's what it says in uh, Exodus chapter number 12, verse number 14. This is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. We celebrate the fact that God has made us to be free. Here's what it says in Romans chapter number six, verse number seven. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Now, I love that Paul writes the way that he writes because to say that we died with Christ means that we participated in something without actually having to participate in something. That, that, that we died with Christ, but we didn't actually have to die with Christ. That Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for us, but then went to the Father and said, that dude died with me. She died with me. When I come into God's presence, when we have an opportunity to worship, I celebrate the fact that God has set me free. Now, this changes the perspective when you come into a moment where you get to worship the Lord. Because when you walk in, if you put your mind on the right thing, it won't be hard to worship and it will not be hard to celebrate. What the enemy wants to do is rob us of being reminded of why we showed up in the first place. Little poll. Anybody beside me, if you're at a restaurant and you hear somebody start singing happy birthday, you join in with them and you don't even know them? Anybody beside you? You're, you're, yeah, 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 we got some people in here. You started, happy birthday. You just, to you. You don't even know where it's coming from. Happy birthday. Oh, to you. Happy birthday. This is my line. Dear stranger, I don't even know you. <laughs> happy birthday to you. That's one of two sanctioned songs in America to sing happy birthday. Do y'all know what the other one is? You better know it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Listen, everybody didn't do that. If you don't know that song, that is from Stevie Wonder. And I'm, I'm making it mandatory. I'm giving you three months to get on Spotify, Apple Music, Zune. I don't know what generation you're from. That's the only other <laughs> happy birthday song that is sanctioned or should be in all of America. You just join in. You don't even know what it's about, but the fact that they're celebrating makes you want to celebrate. Hello. Which means you don't really have to feel like it. You actually don't even need to have anything to celebrate at the time that you celebrate. Because the celebration is not based on how you feel. It's based on a fact. It's not based on what you're presently dealing with. It's based on the reality of who you have in your life and who you're going through it with. So there's plenty of times that I walk in here on a weekend that I don't feel celebratory. There's plenty of things that have happened this year 
in my own family, my friends and my friends' families that have been absolutely devastating. But when I come into his presence, I take my mind off that and I put it on what he's done for me. And the fact that he set me free is enough for me to just get up and start, you know, doing a little something to let God know I am so grateful that you've done something for me. I'm going to spend two more minutes on this. When you can think about what he's done to set you free, think back at who you used to be and what you used to do and who you are now and what you do now. If I, if I go back and start thinking about uh, uh, where I used to go, who I used to hang out with, what I used to do and who I used to do it with, and the fact that I didn't just make a conscious decision to be a good boy now. No, Jesus Christ radically changed my heart and the things that I used to do, I don't want to do no more. The places I used to go, I do not want to go there anymore. The people I used to hang out with, I don't want to hang out with them anymore. And that ain't because I'm a good boy. That's because the power of the Holy Spirit is indeed transformational and can turn you into somebody that you don't even think you can be. That's something to celebrate. Point number two, please write this down. God's presence is here. Why else would we show up on a Sunday? It's one of our only two days off and you got up, dressed, and came here? You passed 30 churches to get to this one? Why do we show up? Because God's presence is here. Listen, we don't show up to beg him to be here. We show up because he is here. I've been in church all my life, and so I've been in worship environments that have been, you know, really liturgical and and, and kind of uh, stoic. I've been in worship environments where it's been uh, really, really expressive and ebullient. Great word. Look it up. Um, I'm not going to even tell you. Just look it up. Uh, uh, I have been in worship environments uh, that have been incredibly celebratory, but I've also been in worship environments where um, um, uh, the worship leader was quite demanding. (laughs) By your reaction, maybe you, maybe, maybe you know a little bit. Like like the worship leader is just a little bit like, like I don't know if they were in the military or what, but they're just a little bit, kind of have a drill sergeant, just kind of like, come on. Lift those hands. Sing. Don't look at me, look at him. (laughs) This is not a show, this is ministry. Uh, This is a workout, actually. I I don't know if to drop to give you 20 or I'm a little scared. We invite you in, Lord. We invite, we're all here, come in here. And I'm like, that, he's, uh, ain't he here? <laughs> like, isn't it his house? Like, if it's, the, if, if, if it's the father's house, why would he be here? Why would all the kids go in the house and then beg their daddy to come in? I, I come in and, and into, into a gathering like this with my Embassy City family because he is here. Not because I'm trying to convince him to be here. 
Oh, this is good. Second Samuel chapter number six, starting at the 16th verse. Here's what it says. Uh, but as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. She saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. She was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. Uh, when he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite, man and woman in the crowd, a loaf of bread, a cake of dates and a cake of raisins. This is a happy king giving out dessert. Then all the people returned to their homes. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father. Let, let me take the sauce off it. I'm sorry. There's no Y.O. there. Let me, let me go back. Uh, who chose me above your father and all his family, exclamation mark, had to do it. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I'm willing to look even more foolish than this even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am. <laughs> Distinguished. I just thought, I just felt like that's the way that went. <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of the Lord. When there is, when, when God's presence is not in a place, you should be sad. There is nothing to celebrate when God's presence is not in a place. When God's presence is in a place, that is indeed something to celebrate. So David went to, I mean, David was like, ah, yes. Hey, yeah, he was hyped. Okay, the first six steps they took when the ark started coming back, he stopped and sacrificed and gave praise to God. So when he got back in the city, he's like, he's back, he's back. We got our daddy back, that's right, he's back, he's back. We got our daddy back, say it with me, he's back, he's back. We got our daddy back, that's right, he's back, he's back. We got our daddy back, like, I mean, he was hyped. He was hyped and his wife was looking from the window mad. Instead of participating, and celebrating, she was evaluating. Let me just let that marinate real quick. Sometimes we come into the house of the Lord, we're either gonna have the spirit of David, we're gonna have the spirit of Michael. Spirit of David is like, I'm, whoa, yeah, uh, uh. Michael's like this. It don't take all that. My God, I'm repulsed by your praise. Calm down, be dignified. We are distinguished people. Doesn't take all of this to be in God's presence. It's a celebration. 
And we're all celebrating together. So if we're all celebrating together, what's the problem? Here's what it says in Ephesians 3.12. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Because of what Christ has done, I get to come into the presence of God boldly. And because I get to come into his presence, I get to have a party along with him. How many people have ever been to a basketball game? How many people have ever been to a football game? How many people have been to a baseball game? How many people have been to a hockey game? How many people have been to a soccer game? How many people have been to a game? You've just been to a game. <laughs> You're like, I was waiting for you to get to chess, but you never did. <laughs> Whatever, right? I found out last week a 16-year-old won $3 million playing Fortnite. I did everything I could to keep my kids from playing it. Found out the money that was supposed to be made. They've been playing it ever since. The fifth place person got $900,000 for coming in fifth. What? I didn't even know how to act about that. But when the person won, they celebrate the, the whole crowd. The, the, there was a whole arena of people watching people play video games. I don't know what the world has come to. <laughs> and the people were cheering, ah! As soon as they won. You ever seen the person hit the home run to win the game? Make the three-pointer to win the game? The go-ahead three? Slap that puck into the, into the net? Soccer, go! Those guys got some lungs. I mean, that is the best announcing in all of sport history is when you get a soccer guy that says go and holds it for 88 seconds. <laughs> it's a celebration. And we all celebrate together. See, here's the thing. In, 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 in what has happened in corporate worship and in the church environments is, is we've always, everyone's been trying to play with the formula of like, okay, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate? Like, like what can you do, what can't you do? Like, how far can I go? How much can I do? When do I need to stop? Right? And, and, and so, when, when you, but, but nobody asks that when you're at a game. Like, there's no list of rules when you come in. Now, listen, if they score, if your team wins, would you cheer? Here's the instructions of how to do so. They just ask you to join in the celebration. Now, everyone's celebration is not the same. Okay? So, so we're not looking for everybody to do the same thing. We're looking for everybody to be open to celebrate, though. Right? And, 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 so, and so when you come into uh, 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 his presence and, and we're worshiping together, let's celebrate together. Celebration has never been my issue. Over-celebration has. Well, please define over-celebration so I make sure I don't do it. Good. Celebration is, we, we, are, we are watching the game, they hit the three, and we win. Woo! Woo! High five! Okay? In our worship environment, we, it, it, the whole worship environment, is, a, is that's my celebration. And y'all know, <laughs> I think y'all know, I'm pretty expressive. So I need that. That's really, I, I go in the front row any church I go to, because I just, I don't know what's about to, I don't know what I'm about to do. Okay? <laughs> I'm just, give me... 
okay? I just need a little bit of room. To, I don't know what I'm about to do, but I know I'm about to do something, okay? And if I can't be on the front row, just get me on an edge. I need to be on one of the ends. That way I at least get to, ah, okay, I'm good, okay? Over celebration, you ever been to that game? We scored that touchdown. We made that goal. Everyone has celebrated, but then there's a natural kind of tapering off to the celebration that corporately everybody gets, except that like one person who is still like five minutes later, ah, yeah, we won, we, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you are, wow. <laughs> That's disruptive because it's after everyone else has celebrated and now they're over celebrating. The over celebration is, is what's distracting, not the celebration itself. If everyone's celebrating and you just standing there, they're not the ones with the problem. Maybe, maybe it's you. Tim, I'll never like jump around and do, I'm not, I'm not asking you to do that. Here, here, here's what I'm saying. The cultural DNA of Embassy City Church is to celebrate. And so what I'm asking you to do is just to turn wherever your celebration knob is up one notch. Right now, now I don't need to, mine's on 10. Okay, I am high. Yeah, I will, like, I, I just get into my thing. Like, I will, like, I, it don't matter. I got a repertoire of dance moves. I can go into any of them, okay? I will line dance. I, I got a bunch of stuff I can do. But maybe you didn't come from an environment as expressive. And so, and so maybe you're just used to like this. Like maybe you came from a church where nobody even raised their hands. Like the first person you saw raise their hands in church, you were like, <gasps> What happened? They raised their hand all the way to the sky. <laughs> Revival's breaking out. How shall we stop it? So, so all I'm telling you is wherever your knob is, just turn it up one notch. If, if, if you're used to doing this, then just do this. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking you to turn into, you know, a line dancer or Get to twirling flag. Don't bring no flag in here. Can I just say that? <laughs> That's not coming from trauma. It's just some stuff I don't like. Don't bring no flag in here. I know somebody's in the back right now like, I have my tambourine right here. <laughs> Calm down. All right? You can play your tambourine during worship. All right? That's fine with me. I don't care. Okay. But, but just turn the knob. If you right here then do that. If you're right here, do that. If you're already here, do this. I don't know why I did that. All I'm asking you, would you please give yourself permission in your father's presence to loosen up? Your dad's here. You're not trying to get his attention. He's already here. Point number three, please write this down. God is in control. 
That's the bottom line. That's why, that's why I celebrate. Because no matter what situation I'm in in my life, God is in control of my situations. There, there's this verse uh, in the book of Psalms, chapter number 21, verse number 13. Here's what it says. Rise up, O Lord, in all your power. With music and singing, we celebrate your mighty acts. That first song that we sung today, arise, O God, and take your place. This is, this is something that we want to do because we know God's in control. You have all power. So we come singing. We come celebrating. We come with music because we know you are in control. We have nothing to worry about. And finally, Romans chapter number eight, verse number 28 says this. And we know that all and we know that God causes all causes everything. I'm sorry, I got King James in my head. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. He's in control. And so sometimes my worship is just very celebratory, even though there might be some issues going on in my life, in my family with my friends, that I'm just going, God, you're in control. And whether this is a great season or a bad season, I'm celebrating because I know you're in control. Listen, I know what it is to go through life with your party button broken. What I'm saying to you is that I believe that God wants to restore your party button because you have something to celebrate. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.